Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast with your host, Scott McClelland. Far and wide, and sometimes here at home, these bold and courageous souls that answer the call to missions have a steely metal that insists pioneering be part of their daily routine. Let's gather today and learn from those on the forefront. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for being with us. If you know of someone who's interested in missions, maybe getting the courage up to go, I want to encourage you to share this podcast and others like it with them because our intent is to encourage missions and missionaries in every way. Thank you for joining us. Pretty excited today to be joined by DJ and Robin and Gayak. DJ, Robin? Yes. Greetings. Hey. How are y'all doing? <laughs> You've already told me how you're doing. And so I'm asking you again for the benefit of everyone else. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. And, you know, we're excited to be here with you today and to share a little bit about who we are and what the Lord's been doing in our lives. Thank you for having us. Yes. Well, you're most welcome. Of course, we met, I would say, in, in fairly recent months, uh, in the, the great white north, I guess you, you would have to call it that. It, I guess it's white by now, right? When we were there, it was yet, yet green. Things are kind of turning brown first. We'll get white pretty soon. <laughs> okay. Very, very cool. Well, both of you, uh, of course, I met in when I was in the Anchorage area of Alaska, Palmer more specifically. We were up visiting some folks with the uh, Lovings, I guess it is, that we... Uh-huh have been cultivating some friendship with. And I, of course, know you guys are friends there as well. So was very excited, you know, to meet you guys. Of course, you've got uh, native people roots. I, I don't know how to say that in the right way. DJ, forgive me. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a Italian with Swedish and a little German thrown in there. So my dad is from Nelson Island, uh, the community he's from is called Tanunik, and it's a Yupik Eskimo region. We like to think Yupik. ourselves Yupik, yep. We're the Southerners of the Eskimo world. Uh, my mom is from, actually from Naknek in Bristol Bay, and that's the Aleut side of my heritage. Okay. Wow. Well, forgive me for my pronunciations in advance. I've got to say that. <laughs> Robin, you're you're a little bit of the paler variety, if I, I am. remember right. Yep. Tell me about your native roots. Where where do your roots go back to? Oh, well, I think God has a sense of humor when he marries an Italian and a Yupik. They're both pretty strong headed, strong headed <laughs> personalities and cultures. So yeah, we always tease our kids. We told them they didn't have any hope. They were gonna be pretty dependent independent people. <laughs> Hey, hey, in today's world, you could do worse, I could say, raising independent and strong children. And if I remember right, it's not just a few. (laughs) No, we have six kids. Our oldest is 22, going to be 22, and our youngest is 12. Mm -hmm. Four four girls, two boys in that order. Yeah. Man, that is it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, for the parents out there who are on their journey in parenthood and they have girls or they have boys, they're, they are night and day different. Having <laughs> four girls, we thought we knew it all. And our first son, boy. It was like being a brand new parent. Yeah, like being yeah, a, it was know. awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so, we have great and we're excited. Four girls in that order and then two boys at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about 10, 11 years, right? Yeah, it was nine years. I think Annie was nine when I had hmm. Lewis. So, yeah. We say at the end, but really, you know, we had them all pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. You guys, I mean, good job, parents. That is a that is a tight rotation. I got to say, very respectable rotation. Not too many people get it quite that snug. But, hey. I imagine it's a parade and a zoo and and a lot of other things on a daily basis. Of course, your kids are getting a little bit bigger now, so maybe some of those responsibilities are not what they once were. But wow, you guys are earning a medal. Yeah, it's, we're just following tradition. That's all. My my dad had he's one of twelve, and my grandmother is one of twelve. So uh, you're halfway there, DJ. Keep going. <laughs> there's no competitions here we've decided Uh, we're good yeah we stop the race stop the race stop the race yes well wow well i'm excited to know about you and your family Uh, it was fascinating to meet you and and also you know to find out that they talk that that there's a good bit of the yupik culture talks non-verbally like i had also encountered in Central America, which I thought was so cool. I'm going to remember the sustained eyebrow raise in the interest of surprise. I'm never going to forget that, DJ. Thank you. <laughs> I will admit that I'm a little confused right now because I can't see your face. Well, that, that was so cool to me. You know, just cultures are beautiful and and the Lord knows what he's doing in depositing himself in each of the cultures. So I, I just am fascinated by it. So thank you. Now, let's dig in a little bit, if we can, to your ministry, missions background, how how you, maybe how you met the Lord, and just get to know a little bit more about how you got on the road you're on right now. Sure. You know, I, I tell you, where we are right now, by no means, is where we thought we would be, you know, 20-some years ago. And, you know, the Lord is amazing and wonderful in all the things that he does. But when it comes to you as an individual personally, what's amazing to me is that my story might be different from somebody else's. But the thing that we have in common is that God sees us through all of those things. So for for our story, you know, our mission actually revolves a little bit around our story. But for me personally, it was coming to realize that there really isn't anything that I can do to remove myself from God in the sense of mm. how he sees me, how he loves me. But 20 years ago, that's not what I believed. You know, yeah. I had, I had really, really poor choices with how I was living my life, you know, alcohol, partying, all those kinds of things, and then throw a relationship into there. And I made a train wreck of my wife and I's early relationship before we were married to the point where, the things that I was hearing in my head was, you know, you're a monster. There's nobody like you. You can't be forgiven for the things that you've done. And 
And I truly believe those things. And a lot of those lies really drove a number of the choices that I made, sadly. But, you know, God moves in ways that we don't expect. Going back a little bit further, you know, I can recognize that God's hand was in my life and he was expressing himself to me, even though I didn't recognize it fully to begin with. And my story goes back to when I was in high school, where as a freshman in high school, I met a young man. His name was Wesley, and he was a believer. You know, he was in my grade, and I remember him inviting me to church, you know, asking me to just to hang out and be a friend. And, you know, for me, sitting in the church pew with him, you know, on a Sunday, and, and I went to a couple of the, the youth events with him, you know, the cool thing that I thought I'd do is, you know, draw skeletons and crazy stuff like middle fingers and profanity oh, and that sort no. of thing. Oh, I, was, no. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, this kid that didn't know who God was, didn't know who Jesus was. But I remember Wesley just loving on me, you know, and just mm-hmm. sharing his joy, the joy that the Lord gave him and his experiences. And, and there was a friendship there that was genuine. A few short months after getting to know him fairly well, I would move from the community and to another mm-hmm. region. And I can think back on the number of times where I would remember Wesley because what he carried and what he had, it was something that I desired. You know, I came from a broken family. My parents separated when I was 10 years old. You know, so relationship was something that was always really, I was really keenly aware of relationships because I desired to have a relationship more than anything. So, you know, fast forwarding again to this place of despair where I thought there was no way that I could be forgiven for the choices that I had made and the actions that I had done, the Lord would meet me again. And it was actually through my wife. She had accepted the Lord. And in the process of her accepting the Lord, now, mind you, you know, we had gone through already a number of years as boyfriend and girlfriend making poor choices. should give a little mm-hmm. context. I was 15 and he was 19 when we met. And so this was about four years later. I think I was almost 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so about yeah. four years four years of a relationship has gone by. And and I would say the relationship was done in all the wrong ways, you know. But but what happened though is when she accepted the Lord, something radical changed that I witnessed in my wife or my girlfriend at the time, right? She was mm-hmm. making choices that were completely alien to what I was used to. But they were choices that I recognized were good choices for her and for me. And right. And it came to a head where she forgave me for the things that I had done against her, you know. And in that moment, it was beautiful because I recognized that this wasn't just Robin forgiving me, but this was God forgiving me. And I gave my life to the Lord. And, you know, and so, you know, just a brief timeline. And in respect, too, you know, I'm a lot older now, but in that moment then, you know, my world changed. It was Hmm. It was an amazing, literally miraculous thing. And let, let Robin share a little bit about her experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't grow up in a Christian home like DJ. I think DJ had some Catholic, a little bit of Catholic influence early on. And my mom was divorced when I was very young. And we moved to Alaska from Washington. Literally, my mom wanted to go as far away as possible, I think, from where my dad was. And so we ended up out in a village on the West Coast of Alaska. And she met my stepdad not too long later. And he was at the time an illegal immigrant to the country. And 
So they eventually got married and he was really a gift to me though. I had a lot of, um, there was some abuse and sexual abuse in between the move and, and just some different stuff that had happened at the time. And it really shaped me. There's a lot of brokenness there, that introduction of sexual things, you know, five, six years old. And Mm. so it was kind of interesting. And so there was always like a lot of crushes and I actually cringe when people are like, Oh, does so-and-so have a crush? And I'm like, Oh, don't go there. (laughs) I just, Mm. you know, there's an innocence that's lost from children in those processes. And anyway, I really struggled with that. And so DJ and I, when he talks about this four years of (laughs) doing everything wrong, it was like, we were extreme. We were obsessed and, you know, we knew we were doing wrong things, but we also didn't have, um, really a moral other than disobeying our parents, there wasn't necessarily a moral compass in there, you know, mm-hmm. like right. you know, doing right. something wrong, but you don't actually think of your sin as being against God and you have no real perspective of who God is and what his love means. And so we, we were really looking for our identity in one another. I know I was, and I met DJ so young, you know, that he really right. figures into all of my walk with the Lord. And then funny thing is my mom, she started to homeschool me when I think it was in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. And it was funny, this town I was in, you know, there's only about maybe 1100 people in the winter and there were not very many homeschoolers and we were not Christian. And so to be in the late eighties, early nineties, homeschooled in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, quite hysterical actually. And more funny that the curriculum that there was is, um, it was all Christian. So here I was in my room on the long winter nights trying to do all my schoolwork and my mom worked full time. So it really was very self-directed and I'm reading these black and white alpha omega books and like mocking. I actually remember coming out to my mom and mocking this passage that talked about thanking God for scientists. (laughs) I was so offended by this whole idea of God. And I remember going out to her. And I was like, what are you making me read? Like, what is this? And, you know, I really had no context for Christianity or the Lord or creation or anything. And so then what ended up happening is we only had a King James Bible in our house. And I had to look up verses all the time for my classes I was taking. I had no idea what it was saying. Like, literally no idea. It was like Mm. a Greek text, you know, this old English that it was written in. And then I had to read Hamlet. I think in my, when I was 16, I read Hamlet, but I had a Hamlet version that had the modern English next to the Shakespearean English, which right. come to find out that's actually the same as the King James version. It's so similar. <laughs> that when I read Hamlet, when I was reading my verses, it's like, it was like the Rosetta Stone <laughs> for, the, for the Bible. It was the funniest thing. And wow. at that time, I always knew there was more, but I didn't, um, I just didn't know what it was. And so I had actually read, it was a huge reader. I had read like Course of Miracles. I had read about Taoism. I had read, I mean, I had read so many uh, religious texts actually by the time I was 16. And so when I could finally understand the Bible, I remember I did nothing for three days except to read the Gospels. And I knew, and I could mm. look back, it could make me cry. Like I knew in that moment that Jesus was who I was looking for. But I had no idea how to accept him. I had no idea. I didn't know any of the stuff. Like, literally, it's really funny. Here I am in America in the early 90s, and I have no idea how to accept the Lord. That's kind of Mm. ironic, you know? 
And so anyway, I know at that time that in my heart, like as much as I could, I gave my heart to him, but I had DJ. So we were the most gigantic stumbling blocks for one another. Mm. And it wasn't until I had actually moved out after graduating, we were living together in Anchorage. And then we went back home separate, like living in separate places back home in Naknek. Yeah. That I remember just that tug with the Lord, just thinking, I can't live without Jesus. And I actually got baptized when we lived together. We were really those people that they're like, things should never be together. You know, those couples, you <laughs> see that, that was us. Like we were the most unlikely of the unlikelies to have a marriage that worked or to have productive, fruitful lives. So wow. I just, God is amazing. But I went home and had that moment with the Lord where I was like, I cannot live without you. And if I never see DJ again, then I will just, I will trust you. And then DJ, it was crazy. It was like, I was free to love the Lord and love DJ. Like I had never been able to, because we were always trying to take what we needed from one another. And yeah. I mean, we hated each other. It was weird that we were so obsessed because we really were not nice to one another. And right. then yeah. DJ had his, his own, I mean, it was funny because God kept us together and yet we had completely individual salvation experiences with the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so that's kind of that. It's really funny because that's a huge part of our story, but not even the story. Yeah, that's that's just that's, that's just that's just getting our foot in the door, right? Like we, we had a lot of baggage to unpack. Wow, the the preamble. That's the preamble, everyone. That's the preamble. That's the preamble. Wow. Well, you know, the faithfulness of the Lord to us in whatever wayward place that we're in is, I think, something that we can take comfort in and strength in. You know, the Lord. It's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. And he was, you know, demonstrating his goodness to you in ways maybe you couldn't recognize on both sides and also effectively leading you to himself. So, hey, what what does it say? All's well that ends well. But, hey, we're still in the story. <laughs> that That part of the story concluded, well, you got married. And you had the tightest rotation of children I've heard about recently. But hey, anyways, so thank God for what he did. Thank God for his kindness and generosity to all of us, including you guys. So did you guys feel immediately after kind of getting through that, that you were interested in things like missions and ministry? Or I know you were like, you start on Deadliest Catch for like three seasons. So, uh, <laughs> okay. It feels that way. I, yeah. Yeah. You guys were fishers. I I know that. And that narrow window of time when you can catch all the salmon known to man, you worked way too hard. We talked about some of those stories, but when did you start feeling like you, you had a desire for missions or ministry or that kind of thing? So for me, honestly, it was like immediately when I accepted the Lord, I really wanted to go to China. And I feel like my uh, stepdad, who, you know, did become a citizen and all of those things, but he was a merchant seaman. So I grew up on stories just from all around the world. And although he wasn't a Christian, like how we would think of that, he just introduced me just to so many cultures. And so when I told DJ, I was like, wow, we need to, we should go and do missions. And DJ was like, what'd you say? That's crazy. Why would we ever go to China? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I literally, I think that's pretty much how I said it. Yeah, he, with, really, he shut that down. 
right yeah, now. with I mean, it, it, it seemed idiotic to me. I had no idea about missions. I had no idea about missionaries for that matter. I had no clue. It just was really scary sounding. And, you know. <laughs> this is also the man, though, that I know you met him. You've met him post much transformation by Jesus, but we didn't have anyone over. You're kind of a hermit. Yeah. I, very I, much I, a hermit. Very much a hermit. And wouldn't talk uh-huh. to people. Like what you experienced was not DJ back then. so in my heart like that was devastating for me but i felt like if god was going to send us on mission he'd tell both of us right like it's not going to just tell us well and and for me you know the calling towards missions really didn't start for another six to seven years and it was through a miraculous healing god healed my back and at the time i firmly didn't believe that that miracles could happen i didn't think that the giftings of the spirit uh, were possible. I thought that that was mm. all, you know, apostle stuff way back in the day. And then yeah. anything like that that happened today was a hoax. And mm. well, like who's said, pretty sure people were getting hit, paid off in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pretty sure in that moment that that's what was happening. And then, and then nobody paid me, <laughs> but Jesus did. He, he, he healed my back. And, uh, you know, and in, and in those, I, I think it actually might've even been that same day. I felt the Lord calling us towards missions and it was mm. both in Alaska and in Korea. Mm. Both things seemed way out of my wheelhouse, still kind of scary for me, you know, but in the process of, of God bringing us to a place where we were able to do missions, it really was probably I would say like 12, 12, maybe twelve year process. Yeah, it was it um, was not overnight. We had some work to do. We did. And right. not, not to discourage people, but to encourage people because in that twelve year time, roughly from and I'm talking like from us getting married to the place where we felt we were were able to give away, you know, we would like to say that we accepted the Lord and everything was bells and whistles and wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was just our stepping point, you know, into walking with God. And in the process, you know, we had baggage that we were carrying with us that God was asking us to remove and to take off. And and in that period of time, there was a lot of things that God was working on us. Yeah. I've asked the Lord all the times too, like, God, why did you tell us so early? You know, I mean, we were certainly not ready to go into missions, but he, he just put this dream in our heart. And sometimes I think through really some of our darkest moments where we didn't know if we'd stay married or even, you know, I was suicidal in the midst of that. I think DJ had episodes of that. I mean, it, it got really dark before it got light. And we, um, I think sometimes like I would remember that calling and it's funny because it was such a tangible I don't know. It's God just literally like dropped it into our hearts in such a tangible way that I think it it was part of the hope that he knew what would drive us, you know, as humans, <laughs> as a couple. And yeah. I think we remembered those promises when it seemed so impossible. And I actually think he used that as, as part of our motivation in the midst of our healing, that even our healing wasn't just for us, you know, like right. what we were walking through, he would redeem and actually would be a gift to other families. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know, and that, that brings us to a place where, you know, years down the road, we as a husband and wife began to walk closer together as a husband and wife, you know, with the Lord. 
he started to really unpackage that hope that he was carrying for us yeah. so that we could see it for others. And when it comes to missions, as far as our family missions, that really is the backbone of our calling, at least at this time, Yeah, is to take a story of hope from a story that seems so uh, unlikely, right? <laughs> yeah. Impossible. Yeah. But he changed it to something that's just beautiful and hope-filled. So he's taken that and enabled us to be able to have a voice through our testimony of what he's done so that we could bring hope to others. And that, and that like I said, that is the backbone of, of our ministry and what God has been calling us into. Wow. I've got to say, and we're going to run out of runway here pretty soon, but I want, I want to, this is the pre, this is going to be the preamble. The main course is coming yet. We're going to have to record again because I know there's a, a number of things that you guys, you know, doors you came up to and went through that got you entering into and, and to a more, you know, stepping more into some actual missions activity. I want to get, I want to get back and talk to you guys about some of those things we talked about when I was with you, I don't think we'll have time to record it right now, but I want to say the hope-filled aspect that you're sharing is very powerful. You know, to me, the Lord takes pleasure, I think, in taking people who are like uh, world-class messy <laughs> and doing what only He can do in that. And that, to me, is such an expression of hope to the people who are in a mess. And I know you've encountered a good bit of that uh, in your journeys. And I want to get into some of those journeys, but I think we'll have to record on a second session. Would you like to round it out for us here as we're coming to a conclusion on this particular recording? We're going to get into some of those river things and some of those things that led you up to the river adventures that you've had, you and your family. But I, I think we're going to we're going to save that for its own session. What would you like to round it out with here? I think going into just closing this up, I want to share Philippians 4, 4 through 10 with the audience. It's a scripture that's talking about giving all things to God. And it really doesn't matter what you're giving to him, you know, whether it's your joy or whether it's your pain. But it's instructing us to talk with him and to give those things to him. And it, it rounds out, that verse rounds out with the promise that he brings us peace. And, you know, we just described some crazy stuff, you know, that happened in our marriage, but we also described hopeful things that we now rest in. And I just want to leave the audience uh, with that. And I yeah. think I would add to, um, I know, like, it's funny how we want to get to the mission. It's a good parallel of our life, but I, <laughs> without the preparation that God did, we actually would have had nothing to give. And so, mm. you know, the meat of where we walk through those hard places with the Lord is actually where we get what we offer to people, the hope that we offer. Wow. Very, very true. I'm thankful for that redemptive element that's in the Lord, you know, he turns it for good and not just for our good. You know, he turns it for the good of those that we come in contact with or in similar situations or who can relate to where we've been. Powerful, powerful. Yeah. Thank you all for that. Well, I've got to say this in closing and I'll wrap us up here. You two are among the most interesting people 
that I have personally met. And I've met a few. <laughs> so I'm learning you I, I'm learning you pick phrases, right? No, but if I was learning you pick phrases, could you share just a few phrases or maybe greetings, departure greetings or something, DJ, in you pick so that we can kind of relate to that? Well, I would say that in parting, we would say Bucha. And it's a parting that says simply, stay as you are. And and it's a blessing because what you're saying is, is you recognize you like the person that you're saying goodbye to, you know, and, and you're blessing them to say, stay as you are, stay the person that, you know, that's in front of me now, you know, and as a Buh- passenger, Buh- 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 yeah. Buh- okay, Buh- well, thank you for that. And I still remember find me where I am, but I don't remember the UPIC. I don't remember the UPIC expression for find me where I am, but you're going to find me where I am in our next recording. And I I just, I'll share more words (laughs) that we'll set aside more time next time and maybe we'll capture a couple of sessions so that we can get more deeper into the story. Sorry, my, my time's somewhat limited right now. But I thank you guys for being with me. If someone wanted to know more about the Angaic family or, or, or get in contact with you, is there an email? How, where would we send them? Through email? Email right now, yep. Uh, yeah. It would be yeah. djnrobin at gmail.com. At gmail.com, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you guys should look into that. Batman and Robin.com. I mean, DJ and Robin.com. I'm telling you, you give me joy. That's what I'm saying. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for going. Even though we're just getting started in the story, when we come back in the next episode, we'll unpack a little bit some of your family missions, things you've done, things you've come in contact with. Maybe a little bit about interior life in Alaska, what you've seen. It's a mystery to so many of us who are down in the thawed parts of the United States. But what a blessing you guys are. Thank you for who you are in God and for your time and and friendship. I look forward to doubling back with you. Again, that is DJ and Robin. Traditional spelling on Robin, R-O-B-I-N. I'm taking it. Yes. Uh, At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Excellent. I am Scott McClellan, and this is your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. You've been listening to From the Forefront, hosted by FX Missions' Scott McClelland. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like more information on today's guest, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fxmissions. Please rate our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. If you know someone who should be a guest on our podcast, we're currently reviewing candidates for upcoming episodes. Please submit their name, affiliation, and an essay of why their story needs to be told to info at fxmissions.com. And of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at fxmissions.com. From Scott McClelland and the whole team here at FX Missions, thanks for listening. Till next time, have a great day.